Greetings, and welcome to Montessori in Action, a podcast for Montessori educators to remind you that you are not alone. I'm your host, Elizabeth Slade, and let's spend some time listening to what is in the hearts and on the minds of other Montessorians. Our next guest is Jackie Miller. Jackie currently serves the Cleveland Metropolitan School District as the Director of Montessori Programming and Operations, engaging in the big work of utilizing Montessori for transformational urban education. She was the founding principal of Stonebrook Montessori, a public charter school in Cleveland, Ohio, from 2015 to 2020. Prior to that, Jackie was a Montessori adolescent guide for 16 years after starting her teaching career as an elementary guide. She was a founding guide and leading developer of the adolescent program at Ann Arbor, Michigan in Decatur, Georgia, and was a presenter and coach at the NAMTA AMI Orientation to Adolescent Studies for 10 years. She holds an AMI elementary diploma and has a BA in design. Jackie is dedicated to education as a means to social change and community development and to visionary collaborative servant leadership. She leverages her privilege and intersectional perspective to advocate for equity in education by means of Montessori. Welcome Jackie Miller to Montessori in Action podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Elizabeth, for the invitation. It's a great opportunity. Mm, Absolutely. I was hoping that you would open by sharing your Montessori journey with our listeners. (laughs) My Montessori journey. Thank you for that ask. Um, It started in 1992. I think it was 92. Um, I was working at an architectural firm in Atlanta and a colleague there had her son in a Montessori school and she was raving about it, telling me what a wonderful experience he was having. Uh, He had some special needs and she just was going on and on about Montessori. And I had been, um, I had been resisting teaching as my profession. (laughs) (laughs) Been there, been there. (laughs) I was trying to do other things, but uh, love children and had been, and was doing lots of other things with children outside of my professional life. Um, And so I got interested in Montessori. I did a little research and I thought, wow, this is, this is not regular education. Um, Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. this is a way that I could be an educator. And so I was working in architecture at the time I was uh, blessedly let go from a position and had the opportunity to move home, live with my parents in the um, Northern Virginia area and do my elementary training, uh, 92, 93. And I haven't looked back, um, embrace it, love it. It is clearly my cosmic task (laughs) to be a Montessori educator. Um, So I taught elementary for four years in a sweet little school in East Point, Georgia, called uh, Southwest Montessori. It was a predominantly African-American school. I didn't know that what we were doing was Afrocentric in its focus and culturally responsive, but that's absolutely what we were doing because that's who we were and that's how we spent our time together. And so my perspective of Montessori, the lens through which I became a Montessori and through my actual practice was with this beautiful, um, small, close-knit community um, in, uh, in Georgia. And then four years into that, um, and that six to nine class grew into a six to 12 class. So I had that experience. 
Then um, I moved to um, uh, Arbor Montessori as they were building, as they were initiating an adolescent program. Mm. Um, And I spent the next 16 years of my teaching career working with early adolescents, building and developing that program at Arbor, and then had the good fortune of being involved with the NAMTA uh, AMI orientation to adolescent studies. So I got to work on the development of of that um, third plane, right? Mm -hmm. How do we prepare Mm -hmm. adults to prepare environments for third plane of development? Love that. That the talk about cosmic task. Okay, so mm. my, my cosmic task keeps getting deeper. So now the third plane <laughs> is my sweet spot. I love um, being with adolescents, and I really loved and grew through the way that being with adolescents invited me to see the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that has, uh, you know, my transformation is ongoing, and and that's where a good bit of it um, was rooted in my work with adolescents. So worked on the third plane, love that. We developed a beautiful program there. Learned a lot about science and the natural world and then started paying attention to the social world and and really developing a systems thinking kind of a perspective, which ultimately led me then to uh, wanting to take Montessori beyond into the private or out of the private sector into the public sector from my own experience because I loved it so much and I'm so excited about it. I thought, wait, why isn't this more accessible? Why aren't more children benefiting from it um, and specific families of color? Um, So then I had the, again, the good fortune of being invited to be the founding principal at um, Stonebrook Montessori in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, serving an urban population and um, got to be in that role. Got to build the uh, design the building, which went back to my architectural roots, which was super <laughs> exciting. We renovated this gorgeous building mm-hmm. and got to work with um, with a community and invite a community into a Montessori experience. Cleveland's a unique place. There is a real strong um, a real strong focus on education, and there's a long history of Montessori uh, in in Cleveland schools. So it was receptive to um, to the charter. It's an exciting position now that it is merging, has merged with a district school and is is um, working toward becoming a consolidated um, Montessori campus to serve more children. So that's very exciting as well. I now have moved from administration. So I went from teaching to administration and then now I'm in a district level position where I get to support um, the two district Montessori schools here in Cleveland. Um, and this work really has been you know, has brought me to the place of, of equity being my focus. Um, and that part of Montessori that is about social reform, right, of education, not for its own sake, but as a means to um, social change and a means to adults who contribute to the world in a particular kind of a way. So um, equity in education is my current perspective. Mm. Yeah. So can you share more about that in your current thesis? Equity is clearly a through line all the way back to the beginning. And how is that manifesting itself now in your role as a Montessori district coordinator? Yeah. So I, I appreciate the, the notion of through lines. Um, equity is a through line and also pushing Montessori is another through line for me, right? Mm-hmm, so started mm-hmm. as an elementary with elementary training, but then interested in that third plane and pushing Montessori to that next space. And now I feel like I'm also pushing my sense of Montessori and my, um, you know, experience with the Montessori community to this place of equity. 
Um, and so it, it has this, this position, <laughs> the school that we started um, here had the goal of access, right? So access as a fundamental component of equity. Um, you know, when you look across the, um, the United States at where are Montessori schools, um, there are disparities in where they are and who they are serving and what barriers to access exist. So the, the move to Cleveland, this, this chapter of my work in public sector is about um, eliminating barriers of um, access to a facility, right, to a building that has Montessori being offered and access in terms of um, um, tuition and not having to pay, right? Access for families who can't, um, you know, who choose not to, for whatever reason, don't pay for school, but for having public access for Montessori and having it in a place where it is readily available to particular communities. Um, and so the, the, my current role here in the district is, um, came about through this consolidation of the charter school um, and a district school with the intention of, again, it becoming a Montessori campus. The position that I'm currently in grew out of that as a, um, a placeholder, if you will, right, as a recognition um, from the district that, that Montessori is a unique model and that and that they, you know, there is, they're, they're going have been willing to create this position that allows someone to hold the Montessori, right? To be the, you know, to be at the table of conversations and um, to provide input for decision-making around um, how to do Montessori well, right? So it also, it reflects a recognition that, that fidelity of implementation increases the impact of Montessori and the success of Montessori and the benefit to children and families. So it's a role that um, I'm really honored to be in that, that holds that, acknowledges that and holds that space for, for real stewardship of, of um, Montessori. But that doesn't mean not pushing Montessori mm -hmm. as well, right? Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> right? Because, you know, we don't, we don't have lots of examples, um, and you—I mean, you know this. This is your work. This is public sector work. In that, it's there are an, a whole array of additional challenges that need to be navigated. Right? Not that challenges are problematic, but that they require time and effort and creativity to be able to implement Montessori. And they also inform—they inform places of where Montessori, as we know it, isn't designed to serve the populations we are serving. And so how do we, how do we, how do we navigate that? Right. And I, it's, it's such an honor to, to be in a role that has that place at the table in the district to be able to develop high quality um, Montessori so that we can see how it can impact um, urban education. And I really, I think I'm, I'm also at that place where I'm really recognizing and really embracing Montessori as a tool for equity in education, um, mm -hmm. in urban education, right? Montessori is the tool, not, it's not the end in and of itself. It's a tool. And if we, and we have to do it and do it well. Um, and then I'm confident that we'll, we'll see remarkable results. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It seems like it's a fairly complex tool also, not like a simple tool, like a hammer, but maybe a complex <laughs> tool, like a fax machine, like we, like b building that I would have no idea where to begin. Um, but we all must become experts on gears and attaching things. And yeah, 
Right. Yeah. And I think the only way to do that, right, it's such a complex tool. Like it's not a one person job. It's not a one school job. Like it's not a simple mm-hmm. machine that you do by yourself. And so even to build it requires this collaboration and this mm-hmm. collective work, um, you know, which is a which is a concept of collectivist societies and cultures, right? Collective work. And it's very Montessori. It's interdependence. It's how do we, and there's so much openness and sharing and support within the public sector. You know, who else is doing this? What are you doing? What's working? What obstacles have you, you know, how'd you manage that one? Okay, let's learn from each other. Let's build these communities of practice. Let's really collaborate because this this is huge. Like this is bigger than any one school or school district can figure out by themselves. And so I'm I'm really enjoying and appreciating that um, collaborative space for this collective work, mm-hmm. which is huge. And is there a part of your work that's around um, calibration across the two schools in terms of how the tool of Montessori is being used in each of those school communities? Is that, do you have an opportunity to do that? So, <laughs> I want to say yes, that that opportunity is is absolutely coming. I am in the first year of this role. It's yeah. a brand new position. And here we are in a, a pandemic, pandemic <laughs> and all teaching, like the whole district has been remote since since the beginning of the school year and even the last couple months of last school year. Right, um, until like last week, right? Didn't Cleveland right. just start? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So we are in week two of transitioning students to hybrid, so some in-person learning two days a week. Um, and so we're just reconnecting. And so it's it's been a it's been a year of of a lot of uh <laughs> problem solving, not about Montessori implementation, right? There's yeah, been other right. bigger bigger fish to fry, so to speak. Um and so this role is evolving and the priority right now really is the consolidation of the the east side campus of those two schools and doing some design work for what will be the you know a three or four year probably four year implementation for that campus to be fully implementing Montessori and so we haven't gotten to any points of calibration yet but I do expect that that is something we will be moving toward and and from the district perspective the you know Montessori is now being looked at as a model, as a pre-K to eight, although we're going to push that eight limit, that limit of eighth grade <clears throat> that's coming back to my adolescent, <laughs> back to my adolescent work and passion, right? We're going to push that limit a little bit, but, um, but it is a, it, you know, we're now recognizing it as a model. Previously, there was one school, um, Tremont Montessori, um, doing a beautiful job of, of Montessori in the district. Now this second campus is, um, we're talking about it as a model. And so calibration, consistency, you know, what um, ways that the two schools can both lean into a single Montessori model together will um, will strengthen, right? We'll strengthen both schools and, and be a real positive component of this. So yes, yeah, so that's the future. We're not having those conversations yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. One yeah. step at a time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And let me just add one more thing. And that is that in a very... Um, informal and organic way, the um, the leadership as well as the staff of the two schools are reaching out to one another and connecting. Um, you know, where there was one, now there are two, and there's so there's this this natural opportunity to connect, and um, and that is absolutely happening. Mm-hmm. Yes, 
It's been a big year of changes for you. That's another change I'm aware of is stepping onto the AMI board, <laughs> um, right? So yes. do you want to just share yes. a little bit about that? Yes. Um, that's so interesting. If you had asked me a couple years ago, did I want to be on the AMI board? I, I'm not sure it was on my radar. Um, and then a couple of things, well, a lot happened in the past year, right? So many things have happened in the past year. But um, last year at the... Uh, the AMI refresher course, the Montessori experience in Seattle a year ago, I was part of the, um, there was an equity intensive particular track of that refresher course. Um, and, th- you know, and I, I left there saying, things are never going to be the mm. same in mm-hmm. AMI USA, right? There had been a clear call to action, specifically a critical interrogation of the organization's practices. And there had also been a significant moment of harm and reckoning regarding racial equity and access that was experienced and processed collectively by that group. Um, so it was, it was, it was big. Um, and so I was part of that experience of that equity intensive. We, we gave some feedback to the the board around some, um, you know, really pushing, really pushing AMI USA to look at its role, right? Unique, you know, the United States of America has some unique challenges and opportunities to serve, right? To serve children and, and, and to serve equity and to serve our social mission of Montessori. Um, and so I was involved with that. Part of one of the things that came out of that was that AMI USA formed a human rights and social justice committee coming out of that work, I was invited to be on that committee. Um, so I joined that committee, I think it was August of, of 20. Of course, by that time, even more, um, you know, issues of, of, of race and equity mm-hmm. in this country mm-hmm. have, you know, came to the forefront. Erupted. Totally erupted. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so this, the, it's just, it's very real. It's very real. And the, the response from AMIUSA, um, you know, was slow to slow and thoughtful. Um, you know, for some people, slow is a criticism, but it was thoughtful. And the organization really was reflecting on, on the opportunity of the moment and the, and the call that they heard from, um, from people who were at that refresher course. So then, um, Serving on the committee was an honor, and we did we did some good work. We we're able to carry through some of the work from uh, that in equity intensive, and then the invitation to serve on the board, along with some other changes happening at AMI USA. Um, as executive director, um, Dr. Stabater, um, bringing in uh, a kind of a, a new awareness and a new intention around around Montessori, just around AMI USA specifically, really opening itself up and looking at its own role and the role that it can potentially play in this bigger Montessori conversation. Um, and I will say that it, another thread, a through line over the last six or seven years has been Montessori for social justice as another space where the kinds of conversations within a group of Montessorians talking about equity focused on, on how do we grow our Montessori practice to really live into the potential um, it just, it all kind of came together. And so the opportunity to, to serve on the AMI USA board as I see it open and moving in this collaborative um, equity-focused 
uh, direction um, has been a real has been a real a real gift and an opportunity. You know, I'm a person who for whom legacy is really important to me, and this idea of of tradition and carrying on legacy, but not being held back by <laughs> the way things used to be. It's a fine right. line. Yeah, it's a it's yeah. a fine line. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I but I feel a deep connection and commitment to to the to the Montessori legacy and and its potential. And so that's you know my yes to the board was um, you know is the board ready to move? Is is AMI USA as an organization ready to move and look at how it serves and then. Um, you know, and can I, can I have some impact? So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I suppose the answer was yes, since you agreed. The answer was yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, Mm -hmm. yes. Are there some things on the horizon that you could share? Regarding AMI USA? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think carrying on, so the Montessori experience happened this year in, um, in February, as it always yeah. does. It mm-hmm. happened virtually. Um, and, you know, and I, I got to participate and contribute to, to the planning of that to some extent. And, and I, what I appreciate about the way, it, um, the way it unfolded was that it was a continuation of what happened last year, right? So we, it, it, nobody's pretending, <laughs> nobody's doing business as usual. It really was, it, it acknowledged and honored some of the, um, the, the questions, the requests, the, um, the urgency that had been expressed. Um, it was, uh, it was inclusive. It was of, of other Montessori organizations in a beautiful way. Um, it lifted the voices of Montessorians of color in an, in a really nice way to, um, increase our diversity and, and include more, more voices. It had a public sector track, which mm-hmm. was exciting mm-hmm. and amazing. And, and so, so that was, that was significant. That was significant. Um, as a, you know, the human rights and social justice committee is still, is still in, is still active and will continue to do work. Um, I know the strategic plan is, um, for the organization is being, you know, reevaluated and reconsidered. So that's some work we're doing again, thinking about how will AMI USA, um, serve, um, its constituency, uh, our member uh, members and member schools. And what do we need to, you know, just to continue that process of the critical interrogation that was started a year ago. Um, there's also equity training, uh, the board and the staff continues to be doing that work again, just so that we can do the work, prepare ourselves, right. To be the prepared adults, to then prepare the environment for the organization and for, um, you know, uh, teachers specifically, or practitioners, um, to be able to uh, also embrace the growth of the work that moves us forward on on the mission of social justice. So those, you know, specific things, the, um, well, I don't have any more specifics than that. We've got another mm-hmm. board meeting coming mm-hmm. up soon to see what else is on tap. Oh, I guess I want to say the other thing is that research, right? Dr. Spader, again, yes. one of the, his real mm-hmm. focus areas is research, right? I have a passion for Montessori as scientific pedagogy, right? What does that mean? How do we live into that legacy and that reality um, in a way that we will look at ourselves, right? Be self-aware, um, collect real data, do observation, right? Take our observations to a level where we are sharing them, learning from each mm-hmm. other and learning mm-hmm. more 
about what else is happening. There's such a tendency to just focus on our on what we know and what we do in our school or in our state even, but to have greater knowledge. And so um, embracing research opportunities and um, engaging in that work is, I think, a big part, too, of, of how we know ourselves and, and know what we need to do as a community, mm-hmm. right? Know mm-hmm. how to respond. That's exciting. That's really exciting. Um, so maybe you'll share with the listeners sort of your your biggest vision, your biggest hopes and dreams, just as you, not as AMI, not as someone working in the district in Cleveland, but as a longtime Montessorian who acknowledges that Montessori work is your cosmic task. What are your what are your biggest dreams for our Montessori community? <laughs> Oh, that's a great question. I love to dream. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love to dream. And I think I have, my dreams have a couple of different components, right? I, my adolescent love is still there, right? And so mm, what I, what mm. I, what I dream about and envision is, is a completion of Montessori, um, the Montessori continuum in more places, right? Um, and certainly with, with greater access, right? So, so more, public Montessori options that go from birth through age 18 mm-hmm. um, so that so that we can see, right? We don't yet know the full potential of Montessori because we don't have enough experiences, right? Not enough mm-hmm. models to learn from and, and understand because of, you know, through their example um, of that full continuum being um, served in a Montessori um with, with the Montessori pedagogy. Um, so I think, I think more public Montessori that goes through high school, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. goes through high school. And I also think that I, I I also dream that Montessori becomes, Montessori gets out of its box a little bit. Mm. So, (laughs) and again, using it as a tool, right. I, I, I listened to, um, uh, Trisha Mokino and some of the things that the uh, Indigenous Montessori Institute is really reminding us that Montessori is a tool, right? They chose Montessori to support their cultural reality and their cultural life ways. You know, working here in Cleveland um, with with a largely Black community, how does Montessori serve? And that question comes up all the time. How does Montessori serve us? What does Montessori know about the urban reality, right, uh, of, uh, of the east side of Cleveland? So how does Montessori serve us? And so being able to take Montessori out of the box of what pops into people's minds, which is a beautiful primary classroom, it looks like this, right? But Montessori being a bigger, broader tool for social justice and for the kind of adult citizenry that we're now very well aware that we need Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) critical thinking adults who can collaborate, right. And, and understand people's perspectives and empathize and work together to solve problems. Um, You know, we just, these are the bigger goals are not as far away as they maybe as we maybe let them seem before, right? Like, oh, peace education, right? Peace is something we will work toward. It's this, you know, goal in the future. But what we recognize is, what I recognize right now very much so, is that we have to be working on on, on the justice, the, the systems of justice and injustice, right? That, that 
will allow for peace to happen, right? We've got to be creating the conditions for peace. And so how do we use Montessori? Has Montessori become part of conversations as a framework around empowering and and allowing for the dignity of humanity Mm -hmm. (laughs) such that we Mm -hmm. can then behave in ways that are less harmful to one another and to our environment, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Less, Less harmful, less harmful and more impactful, impactful right. and and mm-hmm. actually beneficial like how do we yeah. get to the point of thriving right yeah you know mm-hmm. Bettina mm-hmm. Bettina loves beautiful book you know we want to do more than more survive than survive right how do we get to the place of thriving and I know you know you all talk about human flourishing in Montessori you know all of those things that are like Montessori is not just about x y or z that fits into a classroom it's bigger than that it's whole school it's whole community it's it's at all different levels um where we can we can live into Montessori principles mm-hmm. and not just Montessori classroom practices. Like I mm-hmm. want it to be bigger. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Blowing up the balloon. Yeah. Enlarge, yeah. enlarge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was in a conversation recently with someone who was like, there's a whole fourth plane of development. Why don't we have a Montessori university? You know, that is completely unexplored. I don't know if that's your work, Jackie, but somebody's got to do it. Well, so. <laughs> you know, it, it's unexplored, but it's not that people aren't talking about it. Some of mm-hmm. us are talking about it, right? And mm-hmm. so again, completing Montessori, completing the continuum, there are four planes of development. You're absolutely right. And and what does that look like? Well, it's university, and it's also young adults who are not in university. And so what are the systems that, you know, what, how do we, because the the planes of development are about preparing environments so that development of, of humans in each of these planes can be optimized. So what systems, what needs to be developed for those 18 to 24-year-olds to continue their development, right? And some are going to go to university and some Montessori universities. Let's make those happen. And then what else? What other options, opportunities, ways of nurturing 18 to 24 year olds that will get them continue their preparation for then adult life. Um, I'm very interested in that. Very, very interested in that. Um, We're doing a lot of work here in Cleveland around peace education and, and what does that look like? And where does, you know, how is it that those older, (laughs) those older adolescents and those young adults start to, um, get the training and the and the preparation and develop the skills for the kind of advocacy that our work that our world is calling for um, from adults right how do we continue to build those those skills so that we can again optimize the developmental planes so yes Mm -hmm. very interested Mm -hmm. in fourth plane and that (laughs) seems right in line with your Montessori for social justice vision too that we're taking it all the way through so that it's really cemented in the humans that have developed across four planes that they're like solid that we don't it doesn't get interrupted because well the school stops at fifth grade or whatever but that the humans are developing the full way through to have the maximum impact on the world right yeah mm-hmm. yeah oh, that's quite a dream i love that dream <laughs> <laughs> and the good thing about dreams is you don't have to know how to get there. Right. You right. just hold them, right? Because that's because we're all learning, right? And so now we, the the adults in the equation, have to also support um, one another in our growth and development because this is a constant learning process for, for the new demands. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. My brother has me thinking about big, hairy, audacious goals. Um, so 10 years and you, you shouldn't know how to get there. Otherwise mm-hmm. it's not hairy and audacious not, enough. I'm not sure what the right. hair part is, but I get the audacious. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's a good image. or scratchy or <laughs> wild. I don't know. Wild. I like the wild part. Brings yeah. up a good image, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We're lumbering around out there. It's like, okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is there anything you wanted to share that I didn't get around to asking you or we didn't get to talk about yet? You know, I think, um, so I think that I want to say thank you for, um, for the work in the public sector. And I, I want to say thank you for, um, the opportunity to, to just even be in conversation and in dialogue around it. You know, Nicole Evans said something a couple of years ago. She said, if you're doing public Montessori, you're, you're doing equity work. Like it's not mm-hmm. a choice. It's not an either or, um, and that public sector is such an important, space um for the the potential of Montessori like mm-hmm. it's just it's like it's the bottom line like we just mm-hmm. have to make education accessible and what I'm realizing is that there is a mutual benefit in that right and that public education has a lot to offer Montessori right traditional teaching there's a lot of good stuff there <laughs> and so I'm, I'm humble in becoming bicultural, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? For a while I was saying bilingual because I'm learning to say the words that resonate within traditional education, but it's really a cultural. It's, mm-hmm. it's more than just the language, right? Language is an essential part of culture, but I'm becoming bicultural in, in, and in the practice of being non-judgmental and being humble about that. I think, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. honestly, and being vulnerable here, when I was working in in the private sector, I didn't have a full appreciation of all the hard work and of all the insight and of all the wisdom that is in traditional education. And so being in a space now where I get to learn and understand and and you know, walk back and forth between Montessori and what we know and believe and traditional education and what they know and believe what we all together can can come to understand about teaching and learning. And there are fundamental differences. Like, don't get me wrong, there are there are deep differences, but to have conversations about the means to the end, because I I tend to believe that everyone who's in education cares about children. Um mm-hmm. and 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 so how do we do that? And so to to get to have conversations and bring Montessori into a space through public education, where where the work, the equity is the work of public education. Because there are so many disparities, right? There are so many disparities around who is being successful, who's participating in learning opportunities, who, you know, who's in special ed, who's being disciplined. Like there are so many disparities in education for Montessori to be leveraged as a tool and to be in conversation with bigger educational um, conversations, right? Research, other dialogue, equity work, culturally responsive work. Like how do we learn together mm-hmm. um, is, is, is important. And, and it's in service. It's ultimately in service of children and of more children and of communities, right? Of also extending beyond just the, the children. Because, when, you know, my experience in, in underserved communities now is that it's, it's not the children are, are part of 
that system too. And so how do we, how do we move forward with education in the bigger context of social dynamics and wellness and back to the flourishing conversation. But anyway, so I just, just that connection of Montessori in the public sector and the work of educational equity um, is so important. My biggest dream, the, the deep down one that I carry around with me all the time is of educational systems where um, black indigenous children of color reach their full potential, right? Where systems where the achievement gap is no longer, right? Which means, and given that that is a result of some other gaps, it means that uh, opportunity gaps and learning gaps have been eliminated and that BIPOC children are served such that their full potential can be realized and they can reach their full potential. Um, you know, one of the biggest uh, tragedies for me in education is the missed opportunity, right? The loss of potential and therefore the loss of contribution, right? The ways that humanity, society misses out on the the genius and the brilliance and the contribution of large n- numbers of, of people, right? BIPOC children who aren't served, who are miseducated or undereducated so often, or even harmed by education, um, that there is this societal impact that is, that is a tragedy, right? It's just a loss. Um, so that's my big dream. The, um, realization in schools and systems of schools that, uh, meet the Montessori call to educate the human potential. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. That's just so, um, hearing the theme of breaking down barriers to so back to the private into the public sphere into the um, the charter district sphere, into AMI and making it more inclusive into um, the idea of being bicultural in the larger field of education, just like whew, just bringing down bringing down the you know Montessori would call obstacles, the things that are getting in the way of um, centering all of our love and energy on children. Yeah. Mm. Well, it's, it's beautiful. A, a beautiful <laughs> wrapping up of a, a rich conversation. Mm. Yeah. Thank you so much for, for being on the show. It's a pleasure. And thank you for the, uh, the opportunity. <laughs> Our show is a project of Public Montessori in Action, elevating voices in the community to forward the mission. Our host is Elizabeth Slade. Our producer is Isaac Price Slade. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and sharing it with others. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts.